0: Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus'
1: name, amen. In 1 Corinthians 9 and 24, it says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, But one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. In Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then in 2 Kings 9 and 10, And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Eternal God, we are grateful once again to be in person to person in the house of God uh, with a praise on our lips and a song in our heart. Just grateful, Lord, that we have been in the number one more time. We ask God that you would help us, Lord, as we open up the word of God. Let our hearts be open to receive what the spirit of God has to say. And let us not just be a hearer but let us be a doer of your word. And Lord, when all of these things are said and done and the hearts, Lord, are renewed, the minds are renewed, the souls are refreshed and people have repented of their sins and have called on the name of Jesus and been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins and that you fill them with the Holy Ghost, God, will remember to give you all the glory and the praise and the honor. And Lord, once again, Please lend me your anointing that comes, Lord, when your presence is there. The anointing that comes from your word, Lord. Let it, Lord, convict, convince, and convert the hearer. And when all of these things are said and done, we'll remember to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Let everyone say in Jesus' name. I want to minister to you from the remaining time that I have from this thought. It's just two words. Stay focused. To stay means to just simply remain, to continue, to stick, to hold on. And that word focus is the center of interest or activity. It's a central point, a thing or a place that is of the greatest importance to an activity, or an interest. Stay focused. It's to concentrate. You know how hard it is sometimes for a person to concentrate on a subject matter. Some of us been in school, but it's been many, many moons ago, as they say in the Indian language. But But when you learn to concentrate, and another Synonym is to fasten. When you fasten down on something, it's to aim. It's the core, the very thing. It's to hone in on. I'm talking about stay focused. We live in a time when one's focus can easily be distracted. Somebody ought to say amen right there. It doesn't take much for our focus to be thrown off by life's pop-ups. You might say that's an interesting word that you use, Pastor. Pop-ups, because most of you have been on computers, and you know when you're on a computer, you're you're looking for something, you're researching, and then all of a sudden a pop-up comes up, And, and and before you know it, another one comes up, and then before you know it, you're distracted. You've lost your focus. You're you're following all of those pop-ups. Well, well, I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, those out there in Facebook land, it's the pop-ups of life. These distractions come in all shapes, forms, and sizes, from the job to the home and even the church. And all it takes is for one of these, if not maybe two or three of these. And before you know it, oops, there it is. We're distracted. We leave the main thing and we start losing our focus. What was once the main thing, the focus, if you please, of all of our attention is now the last thing we think about. It's nothing but a ploy of the enemy. Hello? The enemy is the devil. And he's cunning. And he'll use whatever he can and whoever he can to be that distraction to cause you to lose your focus. It's a ploy, I tell you, a ploy of the enemy. Because he knows if we stay focused, will reach our potential in Jesus Christ. We'll be all that the Lord has ordained, or should I say, called us to be. And that call does not necessarily mean a ministerial calling. He's called all of us to salvation. Hello. Every man, woman, boy, and girl. He said he's was for none to perish, but that all should come to repentance. So he wants us to be there. No wonder Paul encourages us to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, because it's in him that we live, move, and have our very being. Let me go back, if you would, and, and read uh, 1 Corinthians 9 and 24, and then again, Philippians 3, 13-14, in a different manner. He says, I count not myself To apprehend it. What is he saying? In other words, whatever gifts, grace, or honor I may have received from Jesus Christ, I consider it incomplete until I finish my course and receive the crown and appear before the Lord in glory. Then he says, This one thing I do. What one thing, Paul? In other words, he says, I'm concerned about keeping the main thing the main thing. In other words, to stay focused at all costs. I'm going to tell you, it is a cost to staying focused, staying prayed up, fasted, and consecrated to God. He says, forgetting those things which are behind. Somebody says, it's time to forget it. Forget the past. Why? Because it's the past. Forget the past sins. Forget the past failures. And conduct unbecoming of a child of God. And also even some successes. My conduct, your conduct, our conduct does not regulate nor influence who I am now versus who I am to be. It it doesn't influence who I was, but who I am today. I wish somebody just realized, (laughs) stop letting people talk about your BC days. (laughs) Bring them up to the 21st century. Tell them, look a little closer. Look at me now. I want to talk about my AD days after death. You see, because old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become New. No. it's all about the calling, every man, woman, boy, and girl, he's calling us to salvation. It's about the calling that my Lord has called me to, the work of the kingdom and my end. And then he says, reaching forth, watch this, reaching forth, it points out the strong exertion made in the race. Every muscle, every nerve is exerted, and it puts forth every particle of strength in running. I know I got me some runners out there. Y'all used to run track, of the 40 dash, and <laughs> say that was back then. <laughs> this is now. <laughs> I'm a long-distance runner now. But, but he was saying that, that all of your fiber is used in running the race. You see, he was running the race that we call the race of life. And he was indeed running for his life. You know that song we sing? Yes, I'm running for my life. 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 If anybody asked you, what's the matter with me? Tell them I'm saved. Sanctified. Holy Ghost filled, water baptized in Jesus' name. And I'm running for my life. See, Paul was running for his life. Then he goes around in Philippians and he begins to say this. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I press toward the mark. Somebody says that's a forward motion. He's he's pressing. How many of you know that we used to say, I don't hear too much these days, but the old mothers, they didn't mind saying, baby, I'm pressing my way to church. I don't care what comes or goes, I'm pressing my way. What that word means is, he says, I'm pressing along the line. That is in reference to the white line that was marked on the ground in the stadium from starting The race. And and you know, we've carried that tradition on to these days. There's a, a line, and they tell you to get down. They say on your march, get set, but you can't go. You gotta wait until that shot is fired. And you know what happens if you go before the shot is fired, and you jump in front of everybody, you got a big lead, and you can make it to the other end of the line. But guess what? You're disqualified. It's called a false start. <laughs> but he's, he's saying it was that white line that really meant we have to do it like they say. It was the place of the goal on which the runners were obligated to keep their eyes fixed or, in this message, focused. They had to stay focused. For they who transgressed or went beyond this line did not run lawfully. See there's some folk trying to run this race, and they're running it unlawfully, trying to take shortcuts. There's no shortcuts to heaven. There's only one, one, one way to God. And if you find yourself trying to take a shortcut, you won't be disqualified. And see, those that transgressed or went beyond this line did not run lawfully and were not crowned, even though they got to the goal first. He says, for the prize of the high calling of God. That's the reward which God himself from above calls me, you, Christ Jesus, to receive. Let me just for a moment. Share with you the apostle Paul's life. Many of you know that Paul, before he became Paul, was Saul of Tarsus. And he made it his business to persecute the church. Yeah, you get a chance, go, go to the eighth chapter, the ninth chapter, and you find where he took letters to Damascus and he was willing to throw men and women, boys and girls, just like you, into prison and make sure that you stay locked up. For your belief, for your mindset to stay focused. But the Bible said in the ninth chapter that one day while he was on his way to Damascus, uh, he was smitten knocked down off of his beast. Now prior to this, Paul began to think that he was on a mission. He thought he had the focus, the right focus. Somebody says it's time to realign your focus. And so what God did was he allowed him to continue to go the way in the route he was going until he knocked him down off of his beast. The Bible said that there was a light that shined round about him. There were some other people that were with him. Uh, they saw the light but didn't hear the voice. How many of you know when God is talking to you, he's talking to you? Everybody won't hear that voice, but it's you that he's talking to. And the voice said, Saul, Saul, why persecuteth thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And Saul said, Who art thou, Lord? He said, I am the Lord whom thou persecutest. Now, what's my husband? He said, Wait a minute. He, He wasn't persecuting the Lord. He was persecuting the people. Well, don't forget, you represent the Lord. When you live holy, when you live upright, you are an ambassador of Christ. You represent him, and what matters to you matters to him if they're picking on you they're picking on him he said who art thou lord he said I'm Jesus whom thou persecuted it's hard for thee to kick against the bricks and you know the account he gets up the men still uh, looking at Saul because he's acting like he's talking to somebody he ain't talking to them and then he realigns his focus Is there anybody sitting in the house right now that need to wear glasses, but you don't wear them? (laughs) (laughs) One of the reasons, because you don't want folk to know that you need to realign your vision. He had to have his vision realigned so he'd have the right focus. And if you follow and you chronicle the life of Paul, you'll find that now he begins to be a crusader for Christ. You'll find that he'll go to the lips to teach, to preach to anybody. To finally it caused him, him to be put in prison. And you you know the account. He he stands before kings and queens, and, and one time he began to stand before one king, King Agrippa, and he began to tell Agrippa his plight and how he got there. And after it was all said and done, Agrippa said, Paul, thou converted me that almost caused me to realign my focus oh my god I wish somebody get this see your life can cause somebody to realign their focus to look to Jesus the author and finisher of our faith may you continue to follow his life You know, it was a time when it was time for him to depart in 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. And we find it. He says, for I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. What was Paul saying? He said, I managed through all of this to stay focused. He says, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only. Watch this. This is the part that makes somebody run around and sweep from the chandeliers. Not to me only. But to all those also that love his appearing. That's Paul's story. That's how Paul concluded everything that he was dealing with. Everything that he was going through. I want to just give you some scripture before I find myself in concluding in my closing comments in Hebrews 10 and 23 he says let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promise anybody know he a promise keeper anybody you know that whatever he promised he's able to show it and come through And Matthew 6 and 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Somebody say, stay focused. focused. That's exactly what these scriptures mean. These are people that have managed to make up in their mind, no matter what comes, no matter what goes, I'm going to stay focused. Hebrews 12 and 1 through 4. See, it is something about when you stay focused, it allows you to endure hardship, that endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then he says this, consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary And faint in your minds, we have to stay focused no matter what times we are living in, perilous times, unprecedented times. We have to stay focused. I like to just use the life of Elisha in my summing up. If you were to go back to 2 Kings, the second chapter, when we look and we open up that, we find that Elijah was about to be taken into heaven by a whirlwind. And the Bible says, and that Elisha went with him from Gilgal. Now, if you follow the account of, Evidently, God not only in this instance spoke to the man of God, but he also spoke to his servant to let him know that I'm about to take your master away. And it didn't stop there. He let a whole bunch of other people know. Don't forget, Elijah was a mighty man of God, did mighty miracles. God used him to perform And he actually started what we call the schools of the prophets. So we find them leaving Gilgal. And as they're leaving Gilgal, they make this decision, or should I say Elijah made the decision, I must first go through Bethel. Now what I want you to do, I want you to stay here. He's talking to Elisha. I want you to stay here while I go. Some believe that he was doing his last tour, if you please, to encourage those schools of the prophets that he had started. Some believe that he wanted just a time of Silas where he could go and no one knows where he went and what happened. But notice that the tenacity, notice that the desire of Elisha. When he said, I want you to stay here and wait. Listen to the reply. After every account, this is what he said. So I'm not going to be redundant and keep reading it. But after every time he would say, "I need you to stay here," this is what he would reply: "As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee." So they went down to Bethel. Then we find they make that tour and, and they, they want to make another stop. And he says, "Wait a minute." I must go to Jericho. When I go to Jericho, I need you to stay right here. His reply is always the same. As the Lord liveth and as thou soul liveth, I will not leave thee. In other words, I'm not going to lose my focus. I'm not going to take down from my assignment and my mission to be a servant to you. He says, that, but I need you to stay here now. Why now go to Jericho? Well, they go to Jericho, and as they're on their way to Jericho, he says to him the same thing once again. And this time, the Bible says, he says the same thing. As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went. So now he understands, no matter what I do to try to shake this man, He's going to stay with me. He's going to stay locked in. He's going to stay focused. And the Bible said those two now, they're walking. And as they're walking, 50 men of the sons of the prophets, they come because they, they've heard the, the word too. It's gotten in the air, in the atmosphere. Hey, man. We want to we go and we want to be a witness to that. We want to see it ourselves. But if you follow the account, they're about to go across the Jordan. And all of a sudden, they stop. They pump the brakes. We, we love them, we ain't going through that. See, some of y'all, y'all just want the blesser, but you don't want the bless. You want the blessing, but you don't want the blesser. Let me backtrack. Those 50... Sons of the prophets. They wanted to see, but they didn't want to pay the price to stay focused. Because don't forget, the Jordan is is a a, a mighty river and it's swelling. The Bible says that Elijah took the wrap that he had on, wrapped it, tied it, smote the water. And guess what? The phenomena that happened to Moses when he stretched forth his rod. The Jordan on both right and left hand sides opened up and the Bible said they both walked across on dry ground. Don't forget now the others they wanted to see it but they didn't want to go through. I said the only way you're going to get through is to go through. You've got to go through your go through in order to get what God has for you. <laughs> so We find them now walking and this is where those words in the ninth verse said. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee. Now don't forget now he could have asked for anything in the whole wide world. See, this this when you know somebody's heart is right. This when you know somebody is in it to win it. This is when you know that they're, they're sold out. You can ask whatever you will before I'm taking away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Now, I know you've heard this account many times and and we equate it to literally like a double blessing. But actually what he was simply saying is, I want the inheritance. I want what would go to the first son. How many of you know God will have sons in the kingdom? But he wants to know what do you really want? He said, All I want is a double portion of thine anointing. In other words, he's saying, I want the inheritance. I want the godly things that I see in your life. And watch what he says. I, I I'm going to paraphrase. I'm going to use what we call modern-day vernacular in a minute. And after he says that, he says, thou has asked a hard thing. In other words, what you're asking is above my pay grade. (laughs) I'm not the one. But then he says, nevertheless, if this is what you really want, you want the inheritance of the firstborn. You want to be able to walk in my anointing. This is what he says. Nevertheless, if thou seest me when I'm taken from thee. Whoa! He's simply saying, Are you locked in? Are you focused enough that when I'm about to leave, hey, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> you won't let distraction cause you to lose your focus. I am sorry to report the church of the living God. We become so distracted. We become out of focus. The main thing is no longer the main thing. That's why in Revelation I have somewhat against thee because you left your first love. You lost your focus! He said, but nevertheless, if you see me when I leave here, when I'm taken from thee, he says, it shall be done unto thee. In other words, what you requested, although it's above my pay grade, I already talked to him. And he said, because you stay focused, you'll get it. But now watch what he said. If not, it shall not be so. In other words... You've been running for Jesus a mighty long time. And you did get tired. And you did lose focus. And you did forget what the main thing was. He said, you won't get it. You won't get the inheritance. You remember what it said in Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Some of us, that's the last thing on our mind. His kingdom business. He said but seek ye first. The kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. He said. Nevertheless. If thou seest me when I am taken from thee. It shall be so unto thee. But if not. It shall not be so. And the Bible says. And it came to pass. As they still went on. And talked. Oh, forget Jesus. Elijah, he he was crafty. He was somebody that said, I'm going to see to the end what he's going to do. So what did he do? He had a conversation. How many of you know sometimes we're in a conversation, we kind of forget our surroundings. That's why some of y'all, y'all don't need to be on them cell phones when you're driving. I done seen folk driving on the cell phone, and they animated. I said, well, I said, Where the hand on the steering wheel? Well, they, they caught up in the conversation. So as they're walking, he's talking. Man, what you going to be doing after this? Man, how's life going to be treated? I'm, I don't know what the conversation was, but he had a conversation. Just to see, is this going to be enough to distract them? So they're walking, and they're, they're still talking. And the Bible says, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire. And horses of fire. And it parted between them asunder. And Elijah went up in a whirlwind into heaven. Now this is where the message gets good. He didn't let the talking. He didn't let the 50 sons of the prophet, of the school of the prophet. He didn't let even Elijah distract him. After he's caught up, listen to what he says. And Elijah, Elisha said, basically, with a loud cry, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he said to him, no more. He saw him no more from there. And the Bible says, and he took him up and took him away and then as he was leaving his mantle fell Elisha he rips his clothes and now he picks up the mantle the Bible says and he took also the mantle of Elijah and he fell that fell from him and he went back and he stood by the bank of Jordan and this is what he said as he took that mantle of Elijah that fell from him and he smote the waters and he said, where is the Lord, God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the water, guess what? It parted, just like it did for his master. And proof pudding, proof in the pudding, the 50 sons of the school of prophets they were there, and they saw it. They backed up, ooh. He got that inheritance. He got the double portion. Listen, all I'm trying to say in this message is stay focused. Because in the end, if you stay focused, you'll get everything God has for you to get. And you continue to follow this account. They validated him, they said, He's got it.
0: Father, I got to give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I got to give you praise. Because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God, and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive. And with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.